Hello everyone, welcome to DST Presents Twin Peaks, part 13, I think it is. Yeah, I think that's correct. The date is the 8th of August 2017, and my name is John. And my name's Nick. Hi Nick, good to see you again. Good to see you too, John. Been another week. Another week. Yeah, up to part 13 now. Uh, I really enjoyed this one, I don't know how you felt about it. but quite possibly my favourite episode of the season so far. Yeah, I agree, I I, I loved pretty much every every minute of it. Uh, Yeah. Even stuff like the Audrey Horn stuff from last week seems to give a bit more context and background as to what... Not so much... You can't really still understand what's going on there, but it gives a bit more yeah. of a dimension to it, if you know what I mean. You, yeah, you know, yeah. A bit more saying. of a, a window into what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you, if you want, we'll just jump straight into it. Uh, Definitely. Just, yeah, just a quick thing to mention. Uh, I think we discussed this in Word today. I don't know whether it's totally intentional, I'm presuming it is, but... There seems to be a weird thing with time that Lynch is doing in, in, in this in this film TV show, yeah. where I don't know whether it almost feels like episodes being aired out of order. The stuff with Diane that feels like she got deputized after she went on this mission with them to go on a to yeah. go to the black hole something, uh, and there's other stuff that's happening in this week's episode. Uh, the Audrey stuff could literally be flipped. We you know we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bobby stuff. Bobby was in the diner this week, mentioning that he'd found out some information about his dad today, and the episode we saw that in was like about five weeks ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Just, just weird stuff like that. And, and there's obviously a scene um, which kind of hints towards it in this episode as well, isn't there, with uh, um, Laura Palmer's mum, was it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, Sarah Palmer, we're going to come so, on to that as well, yeah. yeah so yeah. That hints towards that what, what you're talking about as well, so... Yeah, I just wanted to mention that at the top of the show, just because we're going to come back to that all the way through this, really. Uh, so, yeah, you okay just to jump, jump straight into it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we opened the episode with, uh, I loved this, uh, a conga line through the uh, Lucky Seven Insurance Department. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the Mitchum brothers. They're three, uh, three, like, I don't know what they are, glamour girls or whatever, uh, Candy, Mandy and Sandy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Dougie Cooper, and they're all congering their way through the Lucky Seven uh, insurance building to go to Bushnell's office, yeah, the manager. Yeah. Uh, another weird thing about time, this we presume is the night after uh, a couple of weeks ago where Dougie gave them the, the $30 million check. I feel like and, it was almost directly after. Yeah, her. like the morning after or something. They've been out all night partying. And uh, they've given him the $30 million check and they're, they're so happy they came to bring gifts for, for Bushnell. But again, last week we had a scene where Dougie was playing baseball with uh, Sonny Jim. And I just remembered, um, I don't know if you've got it written down in your notes, but later on in, a, in an episode, in, a, in this episode, sorry, a scene with his wife, she actually says, you've been out all night I've been worried about you yeah so like it, so again like just yeah so like we can pretty much assume that this was directly after that the thing is with Lynch I don't know whether I mean I definitely don't think it's a mistake it's more more case of it, it's either intentional and this time thing is just going to play a part into the plot or whether he just doesn't care you know what I mean like yeah maybe he probably knows it doesn't it's not it's out of order but he thinks I don't care I want this in this episode <laughs> I'm just gonna do it you know, you know what I mean like yeah it, it makes sense so yeah that whole baseball thing last week just doesn't tie in at all because at what point did that happen like <laughs> maybe it is like though it, it's just a hint to show that like everything is out of time there's some weird time distortion going yeah. on because I mean there, there could be a whole thing of we're, we're watching stuff in Vegas we're watching stuff in Buckhorn and in Twin Peaks, these could all be happening at times. Do you know what I mean? Like the stuff in Twin Peaks could be like three weeks after the Vegas stuff. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, they mentioned last week that a guy got run off the road. I think it was at the end. They couldn't see who it was. Yeah, Came yeah. running into in, into the roadhouse, saying, "Somebody running me off the road." Like I'm wondering, almost is that Cooper? Like when he's got back to Twin, you know, just just daft stuff oh, like yeah, that. Maybe, like yeah. Cooper dashing back to Twin Peaks, but. That's happening on a different timeline to everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just weird stuff like that. But yeah, just thought it's worth mentioning. Uh, in this scene, while they're congering the way through the office, Tom Sizemore's character, who is the guy who, I don't know the character's name, but he has been trying to uh, embezzle, extort, that's right, oh, extort yeah, the money yeah. from uh, the company, the $30 million. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Uh, and he was hiding behind his desk as they come congruing the way through. Because obviously he told the Mitchum brothers that 
Dougie was the one they wanted to get. And he essentially wanted them to kill Dougie, didn't he? Yeah. That was that was what he was hoping to happen. Yeah, because he knows now that he's been told by, I think it's called Mr. Todd, I think, that the uh, the mob boss guy in Vegas, yeah. who he keeps having to phone, he's been told if you, if they don't kill him, you've got to do it. So he's absolutely, absolutely shitting his pants yeah. at the moment. They finally conger their way into Bushnell's office and give him a... I believe it was cigars, uh, cufflinks, and a new convertible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One that matches one that Dougie, Dougie Cooper's got, got back yeah. at home. Dougie Jones, sorry, back at home. I just... Like, I, I was watching this and I was like, right, okay, so you've just got this massive settlement and then you've spent it all on him. I was thinking, I mean, that car can't be cheap. That's a couple That's hundred grand. Yeah, so like you spent a oh, fair wedge this 30 million straight <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I think 30 million. Like, oh, they bought Dougie Jones, but they bought that jungle gym must have set them back a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it doesn't it doesn't add up to 1 million. So it's still got over 29 million left. <laughs> <laughs> it looks about 5 million's worth, that jungle gym. <laughs> <laughs> With all those lights on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the main takeaway from this scene is that Tom Sizemore phones the Vegas bad guy. I'm sure he's called Mr. Todd or something. Yeah. And he's told, you, you, you've you got to do it yourself. I gave you two days. You've now got one day to kill him. Uh, and we, we'll leave that there. We then go to Vegas where Sonny Jim's Jungle Jim. <laughs> Sonny Jim's Jungle Jim is being delivered along with the, the convertible. And uh, Naomi Watts is just can't believe it, you know. She says, yeah, go on to the back, get it installed. Yeah, yeah. And when they do, it's some like ridiculous, like... Got lights all over it, this jungle gym. It's got yeah. a spotlight for some reason. <laughs> no, I didn't get that. Yeah, and while Sunny Jim is playing on it, they've got like a Swan Lake playing in the background as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> and uh, there was one bit here where they're, they're, they're watching uh, Dougie Cooper and Naomi Watts are watching Sunny Jim play. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I love you so much, Dougie. And he mouths something, something and yeah. I have no idea what it is. Uh, I, I noticed this, but like, I mean... I, I didn't know if he actually if he actually said them. I just thought it was just like just like I don't know maybe yeah whether he's just mouthing anything you know or whether oh, like, it means something I don't maybe know maybe that was something to do with I mean this is a long shot but maybe it's something to do with like Cooper coming through so like you know what I mean so like uh, I don't know I, I, I've i got a lot of thoughts going on in my head and I can't seem to yeah. localise them but he's definitely getting more Cooper like you know, a lot of the stuff we're saying now, like coffee and, you know... I'll, 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 I've got, like, in this last scene, when he was in the office with her, I, think, I loved it when, um, oh, who was it? Um, it might be, if one of the brothers, I think, might have said to him, like, oh, what about your wife? And he goes, my wife? But, like, he says it, he says it in a way which sounds like he was questioning it and everyone just yeah. laughed at him. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Everyone's just totally buying it, aren't they? <laughs> in, like, the previous scene, because, like, I think, I think, like, they're talking about something. It's like, oh, what about your wife? And he goes, my wife? And then everyone just laughs at it. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Well, I call Dougie Jones. He's such a joker. <laughs> He's just like, uh. <laughs> I, I, love, I love how he just seems to like be landing on his feet with like ev- everything. Yeah. And even when you just repeat some of they say, it, it's, it almost it makes sense. Like, yeah. I think it's amazing. It is good. <laughs> I, like, I like to think there's a bit of like Dale coming through like every now and then. And that's, we're going to get to it later on with the poison bit. Yeah. Uh, you could say he was lucky, or you could say like, it's the Dale bit coming through to, yeah, maybe, to get him out yeah. of the situation. But like, uh, in the, these are those bits where he's doing you know, like when like she's dead happy, she's love, she's saying I love you and stuff. To me, it might, it might just be me, but it feels like it's building up this like really nice relationship, making it like all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows, just just to eventually take it away from from her. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, going off that, I, I'm almost thinking this week whether. The real Dougie Jones might even come back at some point, you know, because we've seen like other people go into the Black Lodge and vice versa. Yeah. They might be able to get back the actual Dougie Jones to keep Naomi Watts happy while Dale can shoot off to Twin Peaks. I mean, you say keep her happy, it, it, it doesn't sound like the best of uh, yeah. fellas, does it? It's not Dale, is it? <laughs> yeah, we'll go to uh, go from there to Western Montana, another new location just out of yeah. nowhere. Well, it's credited as a new location, but I think we've actually been here before. I'm pretty sure this is the place where Ray, or not Ray, uh, Red, did like that weird magic trick with a coin to uh, Richard Horn. Oh, is that what it is? episode five or something it was, I think. Ah, oh, right, okay. I'm not sure. It, it, look, it looks really similar to it. And uh, we catch up with Ray again, who got out of prison a few a few episodes ago. 
and there's with a guy called Renza, I think it is, the big bald guy. Yeah, yeah. Who's the leader of all these like bad dudes who live at this place that we now know as the farm, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think that again, makes which sense. Is, yeah, I've been mentioned before. Ray was asked, "Do you want to go to the farm?" And he was like, "Yep." So uh, I believe we're now seeing the farm for the first time. Uh, and Evil Cooper turns up downstairs in the lobby, a- lobby area, the uh, the main garage area kind of thing. And uh, Ray explains to the boss guy, I'm sure it's Renzo or Renzo or something. He explains to him that I, I, I've killed that guy like he's a bad dude. And he's like, you didn't do a good job. <laughs> 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 uh, and to cut a long show store here, Long, long story short, did I just say? A long story short. <laughs> to cut a long story short, uh, the boss dude is like, bring him up. I want to have a bit of fun with him. If I was Ray, I'd be like, no, I've, I've killed him. This, he's not dead. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not having fun with him. You yeah. know? Just kill him while he's down there or something. But yeah, they uh, bring him up in this awesome looking yellow elevator. Do you know what's that? Like a yeah, top down yeah. shot of this yellow elevator. Uh, they, they bring him in. And I think Evil Cooper makes some comments about like how it's like a nursery school for bad guys or something like that. <laughs> so uh, the the boss guy challenges him to an arm wrestle. I think I think he says this after the arm wrestle. He says that line about it being a nursery after the arm wrestle thing. Cause he's like, "What are you in kindergarten?" It was something like that. Because I mean, on the way to the actual arm wrestle, the boss guy punches Evil Cooper in the back of the head. And uh, Cooper just turns around and says, you know, what the fuck? And it's like, that's a, a lesson from the nursery teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love the fact, though, this whole scene. I love the fact that this group of... I can't, I, they're called something, weren't they? The gang. Oh, I don't know. Oh, did, I might just be making that up. But um, this whole gang, anyway, like... Their leadership is is based entirely on whether you can win an arm wrestle. I know, yeah. I like, love that. Again, going back to the kindergarten nursery stuff, it does feel a bit like yeah. a group part, you know. Because, like, literally, by the sounds of it, every single person in there has had an arm wrestle with the bald guy. Yeah, and lost. And lost. And now he has to do have to work with, for him or get killed, essentially. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. Because one of those people could have beat him. At an arm wrestle, and then they would have been the boss. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just shocked that Ray, knowing what evil Cooper's like, why on earth would you even let him get into an arm wrestle kind of thing? Oh, you know? I so, mean, this is a guy that's literally defined, uh, not defined, um, well, he's, he's not died, essentially. Yeah. He's literally Cheated not. Cheated death kind of thing. He's yeah, been shot about five times, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he watched him have something pulled out of him and come back to life kind of thing. Yeah, uh, so eventually they get around to the table. This is almost as if they have like a table ready set up just for arm wrestling matches. I love this because uh, the ball guy had like a, an armchair, whereas uh, I feel like he, he was giving himself the advantage, something to leverage, hold on to, yeah. kind of thing. Whereas Cooper didn't. Mm. Um, Evil Dale, whatever we're calling him, he uh, he didn't have anything to hold on to. He's, he's always giving himself the advantage. Yeah, the ball guy, and. I love this this whole scene. Again, we've mentioned it a hundred times now, but it's pure Lynch when it just it holds on scenes for too long, but it work. It's just perfect. You know, it makes you feel like more natural. Yeah, yeah. Any other director would have boxed the scene off within like two minutes, but he has the scene where the ball guys arm wrestling, and he thinks he's getting him down and uh, about to win. And Cooper's like, "I'm really painful in this position. Let's go back to starting positions. Puts yeah. his arm back up." And they start again, and it's like, it's really painful when my arm was here, but it was even more painful when my arm was down here. So let's go back to starting position. It does that about three times over. The- and in the end, in the end, it's just like, it's just like, Shall I, let me show you. Um, yeah. See, when, when it's here, it's quite, it hurts, doesn't it? And then he puts it like, even further, even down. further down, like, like, um, um, he did to Cooper and, like, and, even, and it's even more painful here isn't yeah. it <laughs> but again at that point it's like so let's go back to starting positions <laughs> but then eventually after about five minutes of this he gets bored whacks his arm down the whole whole time though Ray's in the background like he yeah. wants to go and the, um, push Cooper's arm down kind of thing yeah um, and the boss is like don't you dare Ray <laughs> yeah like and then everyone's obviously cheering on the boss but Ray's in particular is like we can, he's sweating at this point. <laughs> yeah, and we find out he's got he's got a gun in his back pocket. He's trying to get to, and the people won't let him uh, won't let him get the gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and eventually, evil Coop just smashes the, the boss guy's arm down, 
and in one move stands up, smashes him in the face, and just like makes his face explode, kind of thing. Like he literally blows up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just kind of just. I think he's he just basically cracked his face, caved his face in. Yeah, didn't pretty he? much. Oh, like his eyes seems to pop out when oh, stuff like. It was quite gruesome, but I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Just kills him with one blow, and the, these mob dudes are just like, "Yep, you're the new boss." <laughs> They hand over Ray straight away. <laughs> and Evil Cooper uh, tells him, I, I just want Ray alone in the room. And then they go back out to the, the other area and watch it all on that big screen yeah, they've yeah. got set up, which is really weird. Yeah, no, I thought that was quite weird. They've got a big, massive TV just yeah. watching the cameras. Mm. And they watch uh, a scene where Evil Dale gets information out of Ray, which is quite telling. Because uh, he, he wanted to know who set him on the road to do what he did. And we find out it was Philip Jeffries who told Ray to do that. Yeah. And Philip Jeffries is David Bowers' character from the uh, from Firewalk with me. Yeah. And he also told him to put a ring on his finger once he killed him, uh, which is the, the jade ring from Firewalk with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Which presumably would have sent him back to the Black Lodge, but obviously he didn't do that. So Evil Dale makes Ray put the ring on instead, and the, he gets coordinates off him. Yeah, I, I like the way that Ray explains. Like, I'm, I'll give you the coordinates, but for all you know, this could be anything. I could just wrote these down on a on a napkin. You know, he's like, yeah, I'll take the coordinates. Yeah, <laughs> almost like he's trying to put him off taking them kind of thing. But uh, well, I I don't even think he's talking about the piece of paper though, isn't he? I think he asked for the coordinates, and he says like, "But what if I could tell him you right now?" But I could just tell you like the wrong numbers, yeah. kind of thing. But then he's just like he, get, he gets a piece of paper of it, and to to me the fact that it was already written down um, could either mean that like he already knew he was coming and he was Plum probably head. going to have to give it him in the end. Yeah. So he just written the wrong ones down, or they are the actual real ones mm. which he just ha- happened to have in his pocket. Yeah. I don't know what these coordinates are for, to be honest. Oh, it's the coordinates to find the, the I'm black, thinking the black it's the Black thing. Lodge in a... It's the location of uh, that Gordon Cole went to in the other episode where... Oh, is that what it was? You know, the black, like, uh, oh, vortex it? thing. Yeah, it's, it's those those locations, ah, okay. yeah. I think so, anyway. Because he said something, didn't he? But he mentioned something about, oh, the locations I got from Ruth or whatever, which is the woman who died, or the stupid school teacher or something like that. But he said, like, an, a, a place name... And, and 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 just before um ah well this, this is the next bit he says then right now now tell me where we can find philip jeffries and he's like i've got no idea where you can find him but the only name i've ever heard only location i've ever heard is something called the dutchman's that's it and it's like but it doesn't exist you know it's, it, it doesn't mean anything to you i mean he, do, he doesn't finish that sentence i think he yeah. says he doesn't exist he gets uh blown away hank style from breaking bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, gets blown away mid-sentence. And uh, I love this bit. Evil Cooper's just like, I know what it means. <laughs> so whether it is actually actually Philip Jeffries, whether we'll get to see David Bowie in this, I don't, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to go out on a limb and say we're probably not going to see an appearance from David Bowie. He might come back from the Black Lodge. Although, how, how, when did he die, David Bowie? He died... Right after they started filming, like the log lady. That's what I'm thinking. Like, David, she was on it, wasn't she? Yeah. So, we never know. You never know. I mean, I'd love to think that, like, Bowie in his last moments was like, let me film this last thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so, so, if the log lady did it, he might have done it. Could be. It's a possibility, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, Evil Cooper blows him away. He knows what the Dutchman's means. And we get a quick shot of the ring and Ray entering the Black Lodge. Ray's just dead on the floor. And uh, we presume it's the one-armed man, Philip Gerard, who picks the ring up and puts it back on the, uh, yeah. the pedestal where, where it normally normally belongs. We didn't see him, though, did we? Just a hand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether he's pretending to be Philip Jeffries, you know. Just before we that. seen Ray in the Black Lodge on the floor, didn't we? Yeah, dead. With a bullet wound through his head, yeah. Uh, okay, well, that, that was... That was possibly my favourite scene of the whole show so far, that one. Well, I loved that. I actually yeah, loved that. Amazing, yeah. And uh, Kyle McLaughlin's performance as Evil Dale is amazing. Yeah, yeah. To go from playing Dougie Cooper to Evil Dale, <laughs> doing a really good job. Uh, we'll then go to the Fusco's, who were the three detectives, 
all with the same name. Yeah. Uh, David Keckner from Anchorman comes into the room and he can just hear somebody shouting off, off screen, some woman. I feel like there's, a, there's, there's like a, almost like a three-minute scene with just them two interacting. I think, what what what's he doing now? One of them's just doing something with... I think he's eating it. He might just be eating. Maybe, yeah. And, and they're, just, they're, they're just, just nonchalantly just sat there while you hear this screen in the background. I think they have a conversation as well. Yeah. And then, like you say, he comes in after a couple of minutes and, and he's just a bit interested looking through the doorway like, oh, okay, yeah, what's going on there? So he's just laughing at that, isn't he? Uh, yeah. But he also mentioned something about how mum... I, I think these are three brothers we're meant to believe. The this is it, one. sorry. One of them was on the phone to the mum, wasn't ah, it? Ah, right, yeah. Because when he comes back through, he says that mum wants us to go, uh, go and visit this weekend. And David Ketner's like, oh, yeah, because I'm sure there'll be no murders this weekend whatsoever. <laughs> they all find that hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the point of this bit is they've got the info back from the lab and uh, the prints for Dougie Jones have come back. And they're all like, well, the prints have come back and Dougie Jones is an ex-FBI agent who escaped from, like, maximum security, like, two days ago. Yeah. They all just start laughing. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, I feel like they said it the other way around, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they said, like, he, he escaped, he from, escaped from prison two days ago. Also, he's a missing FBI agent yeah. from, like, 25, 25 years, years ago. <laughs> kind of thing. Which, and they all, they all just start laughing, like, oh, that's a big mistake to make. Unless <laughs> you just throw in the bin and... Well, I, I love this. This is our, our pastime at work. Yeah. A bit of bin basketball, yeah. He yeah. rolls it up, the old better dollar on whether we can hit it or not, and poof, straight in. Hey, yeah, going to have to start charging. Yeah, yeah, put a few <laughs> few bets on, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and I feel like the whole point of this scene really is that Tom Sizemore comes in a minute later to talk to one detective in particular, and he goes through to the back outside. Yeah, yeah. And it's all so we can get poison to kill Dougie Jones. That's what it all leads to, the corrupt cops giving him poison yeah, yeah. to uh, kill off Dougie Jones. Uh, so we'll, we'll then jump from there to a quick a quick shot of Tim Roth and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who are the Tarantino guys from The Hateful Eight. Yeah. They're in the truck, just driving, I think to Vegas maybe, because they're going past Utah, and they're just talking about Mormonism and stuff, because you know, there's a lot of Mormons in Utah, yeah, yeah. and that's what it was founded maybe. Yeah, just a quick shot of them just driving, I, th- I think, to Vegas. Just a little catch-up with them. <laughs> yeah, to show they're on the way somewhere. Yeah. And uh, presumably they're going there for Dougie Jones, I imagine, because they've killed the warden now. Uh, they're on the way to Vegas, and they're talking about, talking about Mormonism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, we probably won't see much more of them after they get to Vegas, because I can only assume that Dougie, well, Dale, will defend himself hmm. I mean if David Lynch bloody uh, mixes everything up and just kills Dale there and then <laughs> maybe <laughs> that would be shocking but I don't see that happening personally I wouldn't be surprised if Dale has to go back to the Black Lodge at some point hmm. for some big showdown or something but maybe I, I think he's definitely got to go to Twin Peaks at the very least oh yeah he'll definitely get to Twin Peaks yeah uh, well, I'd say definitely. Well, how, how many episodes we've got left? Like four now or something? Five. <laughs> we've got four episodes left. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully. <laughs> it's like, when I say four, is the last one a two-part? Yeah, finale is two parts. If we count that as one, we've got four yeah, left. Yeah, four left. We then go from here to a pretty lengthy scene of Tom Sizemore attempting to kill Dougie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he meets him at the front, front, uh, front of the office. He's like, oh, Dougie, you know, good morning, good to see you. Let's go grab some coffee. And Dougie Jones is like, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so he follows him over. While the coffee comes and what have you, Dougie Jones wanders off to the cake display. <laughs> Just starts staring at cherry pie through the, gla- the glass. He's almost like stroking the glass, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Pie. <laughs> and the waitress is like, oh, you know, honey, go and take a seat, enjoy your coffee, and I'll bring your cherry pie over to you. He doesn't fully get it at first, so he's just stood there looking, but eventually he leaves. And in the meantime, uh, Tom Sizemore has put the poison into Dougie's coffee, but he's clearly having issues about it, about doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is really weird. Dougie Jones just walks over, spots some dandruff on the neck of Tom Sizemore's <laughs> yeah. jacket, and starts almost massaging his back or something. Yeah, he's, massaging he's, his he's neck. kind of like touching it, isn't he? Kind of yeah. Thing. But like, 
like you said before, I don't know if it's like just pure luck on his part because if he's then he's been ridiculously <laughs> lucky throughout yeah, to this point throughout the the, the, the past what uh, <laughs> what what are we up to thirty past thirteen episodes he's been so lucky to stay alive and yeah. not not only that just get rich and and all this stuff and uh, we get this whole bit where he's massaging his back and uh, Tom Sizemore just can't take it. He just, he just breaks down and goes, Dougie, I can't do it, I can't poison you. It's like, it's like it feels like he he, um, he almost thought that Dougie knew. Yeah, because of and, the way he was massaging and, 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 he was and just, stuff. And he was like, I think, I think he says something to him at one point. Yeah, I think he repeats something Wait, again that he, he says. repeats. He's like, oh, Dougie, and he's like, Dougie, <laughs> or something. <laughs> And he can't take it. Oh no, that was it. He said, "He says, oh, just enjoy your coffee." And he goes, "Your coffee." Yeah, that's right. Enjoy your coffee at your coffee. And he's like, he's like oh, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Yeah. <laughs> and he literally runs to the bathroom, pauses it. I love this little bit as well because yeah. he, he runs to the bathroom, pauses it down the sink, and then puts the cup in the air while crying in the bin, uh, and puts the cup in the bin. And the guy's like, "Your eyes like." Oh, that bad, eh? <laughs> yeah, that bad. Huh? <laughs> that, that's so good. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile. Dougie's uh, literally sat down with Tom Sizemore's coffee. cup of coffee. And his cherry pie comes in. He's enjoying his cherry pie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually, he comes back in and confesses all to, to Bushnell Mullins, I think he's called, yeah, the, the yeah. manager. And he's like, yeah, I knew all about this. Dougie showed me this 10 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> 10 episodes ago. He's even... He's even, uh, he's even like, implicant, implicated himself. Yeah, because of you, like, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so I just love all again, just lucky. Dougie just stood in the background, just watching it all going on. I think this is it repeats another bit here. Uh, I think like, um, oh, I think I think he says something like say sorry or something. Uh, I, I, I'll apologize, mm. and then like or oh, something like that. And Dougie's like apologize. apologize. I will, Dougie. I will. I will, Dougie. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, so what's the word when you uh, admit to something? Confess. Confess. Yeah, he says like. You know, I'll confess, and Dougie's like, confess. He's like, I'm, I'm confessing, Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> so he goes through all that. Uh, by the sound of it, Bushnell might actually keep him keep him employed by the, by yeah. the end of it, but I love the bit where uh, Tom Sizemore's like, I've been vomiting blood, and I can't cope. <laughs> <laughs> These last, I've not slept for three weeks. <laughs> love all that, but yeah, that, that's pretty much the, uh, the end of that scene. Yeah, yeah. We then jump to uh, a quick shot at the diner, where... Again, this is another bit where Becky's on the phone to Shelley, her mum. I'm saying Stephen's not been back for two nights. But again, this feels like it's come before the scene where she goes and shoots his daughter. I say, I, I'm thinking this, right? Because, like, I, I can't decide whether, like, um, this... Because surely, like, when she was as bad as she was, where she literally stole the mum's car, that can't just be after two nights of going missing. Yeah. Like, like... And and if it was after that, she'd be like, "Well, he's obviously cheating with me and on me. I know, I know this for a fact because I've I've been uh, I've been round the flat kind of thing. Yeah. So she wouldn't just be crying on the phone. I feel. Yeah, he's not been back for two nights. So I feel like at this point in the story, like when she's ringing her mum up to say, "Oh, he's not been back for two nights," and getting over it as quickly as her mum saying, "Come over and I'll give you some cherry pie, some ice cream, and some yeah. whipped cream." <clears throat> I feel like. It's got to be a bit earlier on than that. It's weird because there's so much stuff in this episode like that. There's the Sarah Palmer stuff. There's the Becky stuff. There's the Dougie Jones stuff. Yeah. And there was one other big bit as well. Oh, Bobby in the in the diner. Yeah. It feels to me like this whole episode should have been like two episodes ago. It, it's so weird. It can't. It can't be like. It can, I don't think that can be like by accident, or, or even just just a David Lynch's don't care yeah. moment. I think. That's... Can you imagine? That'd be a pretty big fuck up if they just like. <laughs> This should have been like episode ten, and they've just put him in thirteen by mistake or something. <laughs> and because of the way Lynch films stuff, it, you, you can't even tell really. You know what I mean? It just feels like it's just another episode. I mean, it might. It, I mean, do we leave theory to the end, or am I all right? You can jump in now if you want. Yeah, <clears throat> I've got this for after what we've been speaking about today and on now on the podcast. That maybe like there's either a couple of timelines going at the same time. And I don't know why this would be a thing, but mm. that's one thing. Or either the fact that time's looping 
Yeah. Whereas, like, like maybe just in Twin Peaks, because if you think about it, all these things that are, that are seeming to be out of place seems to be taking place in Twin Peaks. Yeah, that would so, be that would be a good thing, that actually, because oh, excuse me, we know something weird's happening at Twin Peaks. That's what I mean. Because we've got the coordinates that it's all going to happen here. Mm. That would be pretty cool if, like, Twin Peaks is like this in this weird time bubble. Like everyone's obviously aging because they've aged twenty five years yeah. since we last seen them. But everything's everything's been like the t- time in general has been like staying the same for twenty five years. It's been the same in in the same little loop. Yeah, like the same exact things have been happening maybe because um. If we we'll get to this scene in a bit, but later on, Ed's still a bit obsessed with, uh, with Norma. With Norma, isn't he? Yeah. And I th- and and this is twenty five years. You'd think he'd have gotten over it by then. Yeah, after twenty five years. Well, I mean, it's even longer than that because they were high school sweethearts. Yeah. So like Ed's seventy. I think they're both like seventy now. The the actor and actress. So like for like over fifty years, they've been like a sweet you know sweetheart couple kind of thing, but yeah. she never got together. Like yeah. Hmm. One thing you mentioned as well that I really like there about the, the time looping and time not being like a relative. My theory was that Mulholland Drive was going to be like a turn out to be a, a, a secret Twin Peaks yeah, film. Yeah. For me, that's my theory of that film that like the, like the film's in a loop almost. It ends where it starts and starts yeah, where it ends, yeah. kind of thing. And uh, in that, like one is almost a dream, one's reality. You don't know which where time starts and ends. Yeah. It could all play into the Mulholland Drive thing by the end of it, like. Oh, maybe. That'd be amazing if it did. <laughs> yeah, so, so keep, you know, that, I, I really like the idea with that. That's just a quick, um, like, theory that yeah. I've—it's pretty much happened today, as a whole. But like, that's a theory that I've kind of, um, mm. I've gathered today. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some. It can't be an accident. There's definitely something going on. I, 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 I don't. I think it's too much of an accident. Yeah. Like you'd know, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lynch has definitely not made a mistake doing it, has he? No, so. I, I don't think so. I, f- I feel like he's always doing stuff for a reason. So Yeah, I mean, we mentioned before that he even controls the sound design on this show. He controls every aspect of it. So there's, there's no chance he's accidentally edited something together, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the, Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll jump from that to uh, we meet Bobby again. This is the scene where Big Ed is talking to uh, Norma. I used to see that just on about, wasn't it? Yeah, and Bobby comes over and... Uh, Again, I just love the characters of Twin Peaks, the bit where Bobby's like, oh, I won't bother you, you know, you're just, you know, having your food, have a nice chat. And Big Ed's like, no, you're not eating alone, take a seat. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Just, just the, the characters and stuff are just amazing. And he he uh, takes a seat with Bobby and Norma and explains that today, in the show today, they've found uh, a lot of stuff relating to Major Briggs, which was the that tin whistle thing they found. Yeah, yeah. Like, Five episodes ago, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's obviously we're like you're on about with your little um time weirdness. time thing. Because, I mean, since the episode where they found that Bobby's been in this diner again, and uh, yeah. that, that gunshot went off, do you remember yeah, that? And he ran out you? to the car, like, so where does that fit into all this? You know what I mean? It's so weird, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I feel. I feel like we are gonna find. I, I, it can't be an accident that it's all mixed up. I. F- I think we will probably find it some out eventually. Yeah. If not, then I'm. I'm gonna be confused at the end of this. Yeah, and uh, from the scene, Bobby and Ed leave Norma to uh, have a chat with a guy called Walter. I think he was called. I think so. Yeah. Who's running like uh, she's franchised out the diner. Yeah. Yeah. And he's running the proceedings Is and what it have you. R R Norma's or something. Yeah, it's the R R diner. But the other ones are called the Norma's R&R. And they wanted to change the name of this diner to Norma's. And she's like, no, it's been 50, uh, the R&R for 50 years. I'm not changing it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, Lynch is making a little one of his little points here. Did you pick up on this one? Like, basically, the, this Walter guy is telling her, you know, we've franchised it out. We're still using your recipe, but we're going to use cheaper ingredients. And she's like, well, no, the pies aren't as good. People have told me the pies don't taste as good. Yeah. And they're like, it's just the same ingredients, mm-hmm. same recipe exactly, just more cost-effective to get more uh, more uh, profit, you know, yeah, yeah. more profit at, at the end. And it just feels to me like it's almost like at a point of, like, film studios or something that... I mean, he, he, I don't think he's made a film now for, like, 11 years. And he just can't get anything made. He has to go to his French film buddies to finance anything. Yeah. Uh, so I really feel like that 
he's making a point how films and, and, and filmmaking is less about art nowadays and more about just profitability, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's more about studio heads getting like uh, uh, test audiences to tell them exactly what to cut, what to keep and, you know, just to maximise profitability as opposed to making just a work of art kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Sense, yeah. Again, I just think it's one of Lynch's little points is getting that kind of thing, but using the Dynasty franchise yeah. as a, <laughs> a way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll jump on from that. So Norma's, Norma's being pressured into franchising her diner. With four episodes left, I can't believe that this has just come up now. <laughs> as if like, we're going to resolve this plot line in the finale yeah. or something. <laughs> We then jumped there from to a funny little scene where uh, we mentioned Big Ed, his wife or ex-wife. I don't know whether they ever got married or, but they were together in the old show. Oh, with the uh, Nadine, yeah. Uh, Doctor Jacoby drives past the uh, run silent, run drape shop, spots his gold shovel in the window, and reverses up and gets out to knock on to find out what's going on. And it's Nadine, yeah, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, Doctor Jacoby, can I call you Doctor Ramp? You know, I'm a massive fan." And uh, she explains that, yeah, I bought your gold shovel to shovel my way out of the shit of life <laughs> and all that. And then two just get on like a house on fire kind of thing. They, they, they almost look like they're, they're like very much in love, don't they? Cause yeah. The, the way they're looking at each other and talking to each other, it's like, and the way um, Dr. Amp, is that what we call him? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the, the way he was saying like, oh, I've seen you... Was it five years ago or eight years ago at the supermarket looking for a potato? Potato, yeah. <laughs> like, what a weird memory to just keep hold of. And then he goes, and there was a big storm that day. And she's just like, oh, such a weird it's such conversation. such a weird little interaction, yeah. isn't it? But I loved it. I yeah, actually loved great, it. Yeah. So whether them two are going to like get a relationship going, I, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, we go from there to Sarah Palmer now in her home, the same home that Laura grew up in. She's watching a boxing match on TV. I thought at first, was this meant to be like uh, Bushnell Mullins or something? Because he, he was a boxer once, you know, years ago. Who? Uh, the uh, Dougie Jones' manager. Oh, really? He's got the posts on the wall of him oh, being a boxer yeah. and stuff. Remember, God, yeah, remember you're that? right, yeah. Sorry. And it's an all black and white fight. Yeah. Uh, but with, but during the course of the scene, it took me a while to realize. I don't know if you clicked on quite it early, did, but it took it took me about three loops, I think. Yeah, but it was every time like uh, the electronic sound cut in. I thought almost like there was something trying to come through the TV. But see, that's what that that's what it was for me. I I thought like because obviously we know that there's a like um something to do with electrics yeah. in uh you know going to the black lodge and stuff. So I was like, oh god, I wonder what this is kind of thing. Mm. And I was just, I was listening out, like, or watching out for something to happen, but... Yeah, and we heard something in the kitchen last week when Hawk came yeah, at the door, I... so I was thinking, oh, the woodsman are here, you know, what's going on here? But, no, it turned out she was watching a boxing match on, on loop. But while she's watching the boxing match, it's almost like she's on a loop herself. Yeah. You notice that? She, she was drinking, she checked her vodka bottle, there was nothing left. She got up, went to the kitchen, came back in with another bottle poured another drink, drank it, realised there was nothing left, got back up and went out to the hallway. Just weird. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it was very weird. But, um, I mean, we know that the uh, Bob has uh, has been in that house before. Yeah. He used to say he won't be there again. Possibly. Uh, and again, in terms of time things, it, it almost feels like this should happen before last week when she went to the store to buy more vodka. Yeah. Whether it should do or not, I don't know. But, you know, just another little weird... Uh... I feel like that's an almost a clue. Uh, I don't know I don't know if I want to say clue, but um, I'll I'll use it for now. Um, do you know for this time loop thing one about? Yeah. Like, because obviously she's on the loop, the TV's the on the loop, and I'm wondering if, like, maybe maybe that's the centre of what why it's on a loop, because um, closer to the centre, maybe... It's a small loop. Yeah, Who maybe. Knows? Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm literally just making stuff up at the moment. But yeah, like maybe, maybe that is it. Like it, you're on a smaller loop right at the center, or possibly like a, a true detective quote: "Time is a flat circle. The closer to the middle, middle you are, maybe the shorter the loop or something." Yeah. 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 yeah it could be. Who knows. Well, uh, we'll leave that one there and move on to another weird scene. We get back to Audrey Horn talking to her husband, Charlie. Husband yeah. in air quotes, because I don't actually know whether he is her husband. Was it last week that you were saying that 
You, you think he might be a therapist? I think. Yeah, I mean, I think this could play into it. To be honest with you, if, I, if... I this week I, I almost think it was it was even more confirmed. Well, yeah. not confirmed, but like you know what I mean. Yeah, like he's trying to guess at something. Yeah. Uh, can I give you a bit of dialogue from the scene? Uh, one bit I, I saw online today in, a, in an online review that made me laugh, where there's one bit where he tells her, Audrey, I haven't got a crystal ball. But there's actually a crystal ball on the desk behind it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. It's like an empty snow globe. But it's, you know, I mean, it, I feel like that's the joke almost. Like, yeah. Audrey, I've not got a crystal ball. So, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and uh, some of Audrey's dialogue is quite revealing. I feel like I'm somewhere else and there's somebody else. Like, yeah. you know, we've already seen that people coming from the Black Lodge. Like, Dougie Jones was like a doppelganger of of Evil Cooper, who was a doppelganger of Good Dale. You know I what mean, I mean? Like We, we know that uh, Laura's dad was like, he was obviously he her was dad, else, but he yeah. was also Bob. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking of when watching it anyway. Oh, so it's one thing I forgot to mention earlier on. In the, the farm scene, Evil Dale's on the big screen being watched by the guys, and Richard Horn walks to the front of the, the Oh, group. obviously, yeah. And Evil Dale looks at the camera when, when he's watching. Is that father and son? meeting you know yeah maybe tying back into this bit because maybe audrey's been influenced by the black lodge because of that you know if she's given birth to a black lodge demon or something oh, you know God, what I mean? yeah. some like some kind of tie to it through that oh maybe maybe yeah maybe. Uh, a quote from charlie where after she after she says that i feel like i'm somewhere else and somebody else charlie says oh, oh classic ecstasy existentialism 101 <laughs> you know just like again like therapist talk almost like uh, yeah yeah he then tells her to go to the roadhouse to find Billy which is what she wanted to do last week and she's like no you know I don't know the way and he's like you know the way to the roadhouse you yeah, know? Yeah. but then he makes a comment here which is quite chilling are you going to stop playing games get stop oh sorry I'll start that again <laughs> are you going to stop playing games or do I have to end your story too so, like, you know, is that, like, a, a threat to kill her or is that, like, therapy again? You know what oh I mean? God, like, yeah. ending this... I'm th- is it, like, a Shutter Island kind of thing where they're, pl- they're playing into one big story to try and snap her out or something? Do you know oh, what I mean? Maybe, like, yeah. Yeah, just, just weird dialogue, but... Yeah, yeah. I quite like that. Have you got anything more you want to add on that bit? Honestly, or? like, it baffled me, this, this scene. Yeah. I, there's not much I can really say about it. Until we know what's really going on there, it yeah. might be worth going back after that and watching that again to, to yeah. try and make make maybe because of it. like I'm I'm I can't even figure out their relationship. I know, I know this like the contractually attached. Like we know that there's a contract between them, and I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah, they're contractually Mar- marriage by contract. They're contractually yeah. husband and wife, aren't they? But. Mm. I don't know what that's about. I don't. I don't know if like he's a therapist that has agreed to be married to her. To try and yeah. I I, help I, I her. don't know. Mm. It's really confusing to me if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, we'll jump from that one. We're nearly done now, to be honest. But we'll jump to the roadhouse where a really weird scene. We get to see James Hurley on stage. I loved this. I actually loved it. Performing a song called uh, "Just You and I," going back to series two of Twin Peaks. Where he sang it with Donna and Madeline, I believe. I do you know something? The whole time he was singing, I was like, "Where have I heard this song?" Yeah, I was the same. Like I was like, "Was it earlier in the season?" Uh, but then I looked up today and I was like, oh, "Of course, it's the thing where in series two where he sings it with Madeline and Donna, but they have a weird kind of like falling out during it. Oh. And after that, Madeline's on the floor and Bob comes to her like creepily over the over the sofa and stuff. The, the, Someone's on the piano, aren't they? In in someone's house. I think so. Yeah, but it's in in Donna's house, maybe, or Ma- I think oh, so. or it could be Sarah Palmer's. Like Madeline was there, so it could be their house, maybe. The Palmer's. Oh, I, no, I actually think um, what's what's his name? The one who was had Bob in him. Uh, Leland. Leland, that was it. I'm pretty sure he was there at the time. Yeah, so that's what Madeline was living with them at the time, so I think it was probably like oh, that house. God, yeah. Them, like, right. I, I, yeah, I completely forgot about this. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I I did see in the end credits that it was written by David Lynch, that song. Well, I noticed it? that was, I was watching out for it. It said lyrics by Lynch. And I thought, does that mean lyrics or sung by Lynch? But yeah, it's just lyrics. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does sound like David Lynch's music. Like, 
I don't know whether they've just played the old recording or whether they've, they've re-recorded it or not, but how we can get that high, you know, when he's doing like the... Just you and I... <laughs> I can't do it. Together forever. <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird performance, you know what I mean? No, like, I mean... I, I I fairly enjoyed it though. I I thought he's. Like, I mean, yeah, of course, like, I enjoyed like, it. Like you say, like if he like at that age, he's still able to reach them high notes. Yeah, <laughs> props Fair play to him. <laughs> props, like, but like I really enjoyed it. If I'm honest, <laughs> and he had like two brunettes doing back and sing, back in vocals for him. And they they look like Madeline and Donna. Like yeah, it's yeah, really weird, yeah, you know. Okay. Like yeah, as 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 youngsters. Yeah. Mm. And he's making eye contact with some woman over the uh, over the dance he floor. He was like uncontrollably like crying yeah emotional about it I don't, I don't I, yeah I don't yeah I, don't I mean that. she's not Madeline O'Donnell is she no I think we've met her back in episode one I'm sure that when James came into the roadhouse she's the one who's like you know well, who's that like and Shelley was like it's James he's still cool though ah, I right. remember that so I think that was her maybe maybe they're because like we've, we've someone spoke about James in like a previous episode not long ago didn't they yeah they mentioned him didn't they saying that he he's kind of someone's with him but isn't he with someone I don't know I feel like because yeah. he, he did this back in the first two seasons didn't he where he was seeing multiple people kind of thing yeah that was the thing with Donna and Madeline. Like, uh, he was seeing Laura, then he was seeing Donna. But during that, that song in, in Series 2, he's making eyes at Madeline, and that's why Donna runs out kind of thing. So maybe this is, this is what this whole thing's been all about. Yeah. Because James has just been same old James, essentially. Yeah. And that's pretty much it, to be honest with you. We've, we finished there, and we have one final scene with uh, Big Ed at his gas farm. Just a really lonely scene. He's just sat there just waiting for custom. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is all he does now. Does, he get, does he get a phone call or am I making that up? No, I don't think so. He just burns a, a matchbook oh, right. in the in the ashtray. I think just to show how lonely he is, you know, mm. like just running the gas farm. Just to mention there, I mentioned to him work today, Everett McGill, who plays Big Ed, retired in like 99. Uh, the last thing he did was the straight... St- can't talk tonight. The Straight Story, which was a, a Lynch film he directed. Mm. And it's not worked since then, I don't think. And uh, when Lynch came to do this TV show, we had to like go online to appeal for help to find him to like play Big Ed. <laughs> yeah, so we tracked him down eventually. Yeah, well, no, well, I, it makes me wonder who actually managed to find him. Yeah, like, it, it was was there just a neighbour that was like, oh my god, it's Big Ed. And I imagine like he's a man in his seventies now, Everett McGill. I can't imagine him being online too much. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. From that generation, so yeah, they, they managed to find him anyway. So That's amazing. I love Big Ed, though. I think he's a great character. So. Oh, I do. I love yeah. him, yeah. Yeah, so we finished there. That's, that that was, like, if I do say so, well, I don't know why I'm saying that, as if I made the episode. <laughs> but um, I, I, that was... Uh, <laughs> Congrats, Nick. It was a good episode, that one. <laughs> um, that, that was, like, an amazing episode. Was, yeah, like, it was good. I absolutely loved it all. Yeah. From start to finish, I was, like, I was really blown away by it. I'm giving it five out of five. What are you thinking? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and do the same. Five out of five. five it's out like, of five. It's like your first fight when well, you gave episode eight a five then it I think, think. Was that, that was the mid season finale. Yeah, yeah I, I gave that a five but this is like like I say like this is probably my favourite episode now. Mm. Even though like that gave that a five so yeah I'm just gonna I, I mean I know I know you have a rule of one six out of five kind of thing. I, I I might actually have to pull that out in the future episodes. Oh, okay. If 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 they are as good as this one, or yeah, better. no, that's cool. I'm down with that. Yeah, so I think we're all done for this week. Then uh, I'll just quickly give out the social media. Uh, you can catch me at Taylor1980. I can be found at DST Nick on Twitter. That is. And we've got a Facebook page as well now, haven't we? Uh, it's uh yeah, it's facebook.com forward slash. DST podcast. Yeah, it's it's easily found if you just type in "Don't spoil the ending" in the little search bar at the top. Yeah, um, or "Don't spoil the ending" podcast. You'll find It'll us. Come up, yeah. Uh, we'd really appreciate if you check that out. Give us a like. Give us a five star review on there and on iTunes. That wouldn't hurt. And of course, we welcome any any feedback at all. Uh, you, you, you know, you can catch us both on Twitter. We just mentioned and on, on, on that Facebook page. We'll definitely get back to you. So, 
If you've got any feedback on the show, on our podcast, or what's to come for future, definitely uh, get in touch. Just to mention, we have actually got a main podcast Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I completely forgot about it. (laughs) I always do, but um, it's that's also forward slash um, DST podcast on Twitter or at DST podcast, um, whichever one you want to do. Yes, you can catch us over there as well. Yes, we'd love to hear from you, but I think we're pretty much done this week, are we? Uh, that um, I'm, I'm happy with that little sum up of the episode. Yeah, so we're back next week for part fourteen. Um, it, then what? Only four episodes left now. Basically four weeks left. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, then seventeen and eighteen are what a one thing. So yeah, four weeks left, and then we're done. Mm, fantastic. We'll have podcasted for a full season of TV. Yep. Like not even just like. It's not even just a full season of TV. It's it's a full season of TV from the nineteen nineties because no one does a eighteen episode series yeah. anymore. That's so this point, this is yeah. a nineteen nineties season. Throwback, uh, throwback, yeah. throwback Thursday show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave it there if that's okay. Have you got anything more, Nick? You want to add? No, that's all right. That's all back from me. And that's all from me. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll sign off there. We'll catch you next week and. Uh, have a great have a great week in the meantime. See you yeah. next week. Cheers Bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.